Welcome to the Seasoned Athlete Podcast, your home for stories, inspiration, and advice from athletes over 40. I'm your host, Robin Leggett. I'm a later in life athlete who became a roller derby skater in my 30s and a runner, obstacle racer, and hybrid fitness athlete in my 40s. I have discovered the far reaching life benefits that come with exploring your athletic potential at any age and any fitness background. And I wanna help you do the same. If that fires you up, you are in the right place. Let's do this. Well, hello there. It's been a minute since I've put together a new episode of the Season Athlete Podcast. Not sure if you noticed, but it's it's been a little bit of time. Uh, two years, to be precise. So you may be wondering, what happened? And the short answer is life. Life happened. Uh, you know, this is a DIY podcast, and it's something I have to fit into my life and make work. And at this moment in time, I don't have any help to make it. So um, there's a lot. There's a lot that goes into producing a podcast, the recording of the interviews, editing, finding guests, all of that stuff, promoting everything. Um, and I got to a period of my life, a season, as it were where I simply did not have the time or bandwidth to do all the things it takes to put together new podcast episodes. I got a full-time job that took a lot of my time and energy and bandwidth. And I, I just, I wasn't able to do it. So I made the tough decision to take an extended hiatus. And yeah, that's what I called it. And that's what I continue to call it. Because even though I haven't recorded a new seasoned athlete episode in two plus years, I refuse to say that it's 100% over. I know, I know in my gut, there are more stories to tell and I really, really love sharing them. And that's why I created Season Athlete in the first place back in 2017. I, you know, as a later in life athlete myself, I'm super intrigued by the stories of other later in life athletes, especially those who are older than me. I am now pushing 50. I turn 50 next year. And so I love the stories of aging athletes. I find them to be incredibly inspirational for myself. And if I know they inspire me, I know they inspire others. So I want to continue to tell them. I just am unable to do that on a regular basis right now. And that's just reality. So I have taken an extended hiatus, but... I refuse to say it's over. I just need to put this desire to tell these stories on hold until I can figure out how I can better integrate them and the and the telling of them in the podcast back into my very different looking life. So all that to say, you may be wondering why I'm here with a new episode today. And the answer is I stumbled upon a story that had to be told. Um, it started on a Monday night back in August. And that should probably tell you a little bit about, you know, my ability to put together podcasts in a timely manner, because this goes way back, uh, you know, a few months here. I was at my Monday night run club. I go every Monday night um, on a trail run with a group called San Diego Trail Runners. Got to give them a shout out. And I was, uh, I had arrived there. We were waiting to get started where, and then I met a 99 year old World War II vet uh, by the name of Ernie Andrus. He was brought there uh, because he was in town on the tail end of a mission that has taken him across the country and back on foot over the course of the last decade. And the culmination of all of it was about to take place on Ernie's 100th birthday, just a handful of days away from that day that I met him, when he'd finished his current trek by placing his feet in the Pacific Ocean. I was so 
just blown away by this story that I knew I had to dust off the old podcast recording gear and it was dusty, believe me. And I wanted to sit down with him so he could tell his story firsthand. And that's exactly what I did on the day before Ernie's 100th birthday back in August. It took me some time to be able to put this episode together, as you can tell, but I am super excited to finally share it with you today. So will there be more episodes to come soon? For now, I just can't say. That's the truth. But I will also continue to say what I always do, and that is never say never. But I'm not going to wait one more minute to share Ernie's story. So without further ado, here is the remarkable story of Ernie Andrus told by the man himself. Hi, Ernie. Welcome to the Seasoned Athlete Podcast. Well, good morning. Good morning. It is morning here in beautiful San Diego. Ernie, are you ready to, to share some knowledge, drop some knowledge? Oh, certainly. Uh, we love that. So I'm going to ask you the question I ask all of my guests on the Seasoned Athlete Podcast. How old are you at this moment in time? Oh, well, I am only 99. Only I'll 99? Be a, I will be 100 tomorrow. Tomorrow. This is amazing. And, and I'm going to tell you that I heard your story. Uh, it was probably a couple weeks ago uh, when we met you at my trail running group that I go to, San Diego Trail Runners. I run with them every Monday. And uh, your friend John brought you out and he's been with you on this journey. And he shared your story with us. And I was just so blown away for, by it that I decided, even though I have not recorded an episode of this podcast in about a year and a half, I had to dust off the gear and bring it out to you and and get your story because it's it's so incredible. So, um, you know, I want to go back in time a little bit. And I know, you know, you say you're only 99, but you've, you've lived a lot of life. And this and this podcast is called Seasoned Athlete. I want to know, were you athletic in your early life? Did you play sports? Uh, no, I never went in for sports, but I always liked to run. So I just always ran everywhere. I always said I never learned to walk until I was 40. <laughs> <laughs> you were too busy running? I just ran everywhere. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, when I've heard your story, it was it, you know, it reminds me a little bit of the Forrest Gump story where it's like, I just felt like running, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that sounds kind of your mentality. It's like, I just feel like running. You're right. Right. So you, it was more of a free form. I prefer to run. Yeah, I just just like to run. Just like to run. Nothing, nothing official, uh, you know, nothing or structured or organized. Yeah. So maybe we don't spend a lot of time in your past. We uh, we know we've been running, but we do want to talk about. Uh, you are a World War II veteran. Yeah, I was in World War II, and so uh, and that's playing a big role in what you're doing now. Originally, it wasn't planned that way. Well, I have a friend in um, Prescott, Arizona, uh, that put up a guy overnight that was running across the, every country. He's from Great Britain, and it just sounded like something fun to do. And I thought, hey, I think I'll do that when I'm 90 years old. How old were you at the time? Uh, when I first heard about it, I was about 87, 88, something like that. So this was a, all of a sudden you had a three-year plan. Yeah, I just started thinking, man, I'm going to try to do that, run a, just for the fun of it. Did you do anything like that at any other point in your life where you're like, I just feel like taking well, on a challenge yes, like this? I'd been running, uh, I ran uh, my first 10K uh, when the Olympics came to Los Angeles, I retired the same year. So that was 1984, I remember In that. 1984, so I signed up 
for the uh, torchbearer run in Huntington Beach. And it was a 10K to raise money for the torchbearers. And that was so much fun that I just, after that, I just started running all the 5 and 10Ks and so forth that came along. I just kept on running. Yeah. So actually, let's let's talk about that before we get into to the journey that started at age 90. Can you share a bit about how many of different kinds of races you've run? Well, uh, I have run, uh, I don't know, I couldn't remember how many 5 and 10Ks and even up to 17K, but uh, I've only ran two half marathons, and I was 88 and 90 when I ran those. No, 87 and 88. 88 and 89, that's what it was. You're just when casually I, saying those that. Those were the two that I ran, the half marathons at the Whiskey Row Marathon and which is one of the most challenging in the country. That's in Prescott, Arizona. I imagine the heat was uh, something for that. Is that, or is it in the winter? Well, it was, uh, I just loved doing it. It was fun. But then uh, I ran some uh, Regnar 200-mile relays. Okay. Just, again, casually just dropping. Those are the one, those are the most fun runs you can do. I've done one Ragnar, so I, I understand that. It's, it. Which one did you do? I did the SoCal Ragnar in 2019. So just a few years ago. Oh, right. I did uh, that one twice. Yeah. I was uh, in my nineties when I did it. (laughs) So it was around the same time, right? Like, or not, not, give or take. Um, but yeah, so, so I, I'm just fascinated by the fact that, that you didn't even touch a half marathon until you were in your late 80s. Yeah. You started doing Ragnars in your 90s, but not any time before that. So what flipped it, as you reached these ages that you decided you want to take on some of these bigger challenges? Well, it's just uh, when I heard about that guy running across the country when I decided to do, do the same thing and started making plans. And... Uh, I never even thought about being a veteran was going to make a difference. I just thought, I knew that my age was because people were all excited about, I was the oldest one at the time to run that Southern, that uh, Del Sol and uh, Ragnar. And they they named the uh, team Ernie Goes to Ragnar. <laughs> On the That's back so of my good. shirt, it says, I am Ernie. And the, <laughs> the other 11 shirts say, I'm with Ernie. I'm with Ernie. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So, the, I mean, it's, it, tell me about that energy that, that was created because you were a World War II veteran and what how that drew people well, to Well, when people started coming oh, and wanting to have pictures taken with me, and I, I began to notice they were more interested in the fact that I was a vet, World War II veteran than it was of my age. Yeah. Because they go together. Yeah, well, sure, sure. <laughs> and so I got thinking, maybe I'm going to do this for the fun of it, you know. I says, but maybe I can raise some money for a ship. Because uh, we'd been looking for a ship. I belonged to the LST Association. Uh, and we'd been looking for a World War II LST for years uh, because there was none left. They built 1,051 of them during World War II. And can you explain what, uh, what an LST is? An LST uh, stands for Landing Ship Tanks. Uh, we call them Large Slow Target. <laughs> so uh, anyhow, uh, after a few years, we finally found one. Uh, we found it on the 
Isle of Crete in the Greek islands. So a group of us went over there. We've had to fight our government for a long time to get control. But we finally got over there, spent four months over there putting it together, cleaning it up, making it seaworthy, and then fought our government some more to try to get control of it, to bring it back to the states, because they said it was impossible, it couldn't be done. And I figured that's what I'm doing ever since I retired. I'm doing whatever it they tell me can't be done. Yes, you have. <laughs> so, so they said we couldn't do it. And they're right for the young people couldn't do it because they they need computers to run a ship. Uh, we didn't we didn't have computers. We were just kids when we took off, 17, 18 year old boys, and we learned how to do it. We can own men now and we still know we can still do it. Yeah. So we went over there. We got that ship. Uh, they fought us for a long time till finally we found out that uh, if we would sail as a pirate ship, we would be under nobody's authority. <laughs> so we just took off. <laughs> it's like mutiny? <laughs> yeah. So we got the ship back here now. We have it up at Evansville, Indiana, on the Ohio River. They built us a nice dock there. They built us in one. In, they built one first for us, and uh, they paid for our everything because they wanted us there. Uh, Evansville, Indiana, built the most LSTs of any shipyard during World War II, and so uh, when the uh, there was a gambling ship on the Ohio River, and the Ohio River is in is in Kentucky. So if you wanted to, if you were in Evansville and wanted to see the, the gamble, you could just walk across the ramp onto the ship, and you're in Kentucky, mm -hmm. and you could gamble. Well, they made gambling legal in Indiana, so they got rid of the gambling ship, and uh, so they built themselves a casino, you know. And this, and they let us have their spot right downtown, and they they even gave us a million dollars to build our gift shop and office and everything. So we're set up there now in Evansville, Indiana, giving tours. We take it out once, twice a year. We take it up and down the rivers and give tours. I'm going to miss this one. It's coming up just in a few days. Well, you're, you're, you've got something else going on. Yeah, I got something else going on right now. <laughs> but they're going to take it up the rear, up the Illinois River, and they give give tours. So, what you started at age ninety, and we'll get into that in a second. Uh, going into what you're doing now, these cross country trips, your purpose is to raise money to support this, correct? Well, that's when I decided. Uh, when I noticed the people. It seemed to think, you know, that being a World War II veteran meant something. I thought, well, maybe I can raise some money yeah. for our ship. Yeah. And uh, so that's, by the time I got started, that's what I was planning. I was planning uh, all the way across country, I'd try to raise money for the ship. Okay, so let's talk about that. Age 90. First of all, you decided at age seven, 87, 88 that yeah. you're going to go on this cross country. You're going to run across the country. Yeah. And, uh, to raise funds for your ship, um, you did. You started doing some more challenging races to I uh, theoretically train for this, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> to prepare you, like if I'm going to do this, I better get ready. Let's do some half marathons. Let's do some Ragnars. You're having a good time. Right. You're gaining lots of attention and energy around it, building that momentum. 
Um, so what was what was the goal for your first trip? Well, I just came down to San Diego and plan started planning where the start where we could park cars and so forth. And as I started running, because I knew that other people would probably join in a long way, which they did. And uh, when I was down here, this is very sad. I was down here planning this first, how it was going to start out. On the way back, uh, I drove uh, in to Prescott, it was very calm. Everything was fine. The next morning, I woke up to the news that uh, 19 firemen of, of my friends had just died in a fire. So uh, the reason I call them friends is I, I didn't run for them to raise money. And they put me on their top of their fire engine and parades and stuff, you know. Yeah. But anyhow, that was th that was pretty sad. Yeah. But anyhow, I didn't stop there. I just kept... Making my plans. Yeah, you you were on a mission. Yeah, and and part of this mission is the connections you've made along the way, which you know you made that con connection with these firemen, and so you know it was it was tragic to to experience that loss. Yeah, um, I could see, when they, they were taking them to their funeral. You know, I, I was had a house on top of the hill. I could watch the procession go by. Yeah. So you began the ran run in San Diego um, at age 90. Yeah. And your goal w was what? Well, uh, I was just going to run until I got to the East Coast. <laughs> and uh, I was all, I, I just started out by myself. I got myself a, myself a motor home and a tow car to tow behind it, <clears throat> mainly because my wife was going to go with me. But she wasn't running. We, uh, well, she was just going to go along with me. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I got the motor home in the tow car. But uh, then she was 92 years old and losing her eyesight and thought she better not go. So mm -hmm. I put her in assisted living and I just went. Of course, she, right away she said, I wish you wouldn't, but she knew I would. So, right. <laughs> so she helped me make the plans. And uh, she went in this retirement home. I could call her every day and talk to her. So it's... And probably share some incredible stories. Yeah, along the way. but I was only a short distance through California when she had her major stroke. Mm -hmm. She'd already had a minor one, and now she had a major. And so I got the phone call that she was in a coma. And uh, I uh, drove right straight back up into Prescott, held her hand for a week so she quit breathing. Yeah. And... Uh, then I figured good therapy. I'd get back on the road and right. keep running. Right. And what I'm what I'm gathering from from this experience is, you know, you you make connections, you have triumphs, but there was loss along the way. Oh yeah. Yeah. How long did it take you to get from San Diego? It was Georgia. Was the finish? Nine hundred ninety nine hours, thirty two minutes, and one second. That's, I did not expect that exact of an answer. <laughs> <laughs> Which is actually two years and 10 months. Yeah. Because I took that week, two weeks off when she died. When yeah. my wife died, I took a week off to go back to Prescott for a very prestigious award. That I thought, I didn't want to mail it to me. I wanted to be there well, to, to collect <laughs> it. And yeah. I took a week off for each Christmas and went to some of my 
kids' places for Christmas. I still finished in ten, two years and ten months. That's amazing. That's amazing. And so, did you think that was it at that point? Like, well, was that, or, or yeah, were you yeah, thinking ahead? I just went uh, to Banning, California. I had a daughter that was living there in this gated community, and I liked it, so I bought a home there. Uh, but after two years of running in the same place, even though I was going out and running a lot of uh, Regnars and <laughs> you were back in five, that game. five and ten Ks <laughs> and everything that came along, I was still running three days a week, and I just uh, got bored. <laughs> so I just said, I'm going to run back the other way. I could imagine that after spending 999 hours running in different cities, seeing different places all over the country, that it might be challenging to run in the same place for an extended period of time. Yeah, well, I made thousands of friends across yes. the country. And uh, all, I stuck very much to the southern states because I didn't want the cold weather if I could help it. Yeah, I mean, when, and especially if you, if you spent a lot of time living in Arizona, that would well, be quite an adjustment. Well, not that, it's, uh, I put a ruler across the United States to see it was the shortest distance and I found <laughs> the San Diego to uh, Brunswick, Georgia, with the shortest distance. That's as a crow flies. Being, not being sure, a crow, sure. I found I had to go out of my way a you, few hundred miles. Yeah, roads don't quite work that way. No. They don't work as the crow flies. <laughs> if only you could do this as the crow flies. Yeah. Uh, so, so okay, so you got bored of running in the same place. Uh, and so what led you to... Decide when you were going to start and, okay, and how I, you're ending figured, up at where we are today. Uh, I figured I'm going to start uh, on, after the two years, I was going to start on January the 1st of 2019. And uh, this, my friend John, who had come and found me on Facebook and got acquainted, and he had run with me in a couple of times. And then when I got settled there in uh, in Banning, he was up in Big Bear, so he wasn't too far away. He would come down and run with me there once in a while. And uh, I started telling him what I, uh, my plan to start back the other way. He didn't take me too serious at first, but he said, if you really want to do that, he says, I've got my 28 years in with the fire department, and he says, I want to got four more years to go, and I think this would be more fun than the fo working. He says, I'll put in for retirement and go with you. And uh, then uh, he wanted me to give him a year notice so he could retire. And I agreed to that, but then on, uh, we were at uh, my 97th birthday, or 95th birthday party, uh, I stood up and announced John was sitting right next to me because he was invited to the party. And I announced to my family that I was going to go run back the other way. And right away, my family are all, oh, no, no. I was you about to ask you can't, that. you can't do that. You can't do that. And uh, I, I said, well, don't worry. I won't be alone. And I looked down at John. And I said, right, John? <laughs> You're coming, right? <laughs> you know, why? <laughs> Surprise. What about the year you were going to give me? I'm going to, I'm going to leave on January the 1st, and this was August. And I said, well, I'm going to go with you early out. Yeah. So he right away started making phone calls to see how fast he could retire. And he 
Pretty soon he can call me and he says, I got my retirement. I'm on, on my way. That's <laughs> amazing. Can't. And I think if, one, if there's one thing we've learned about you is when you got your mind set on something, you're going to do it, right? Uh, yeah. And, and nobody's going to talk you out of it. Yeah. <laughs> so how old were you when you started running or started this cross-country trek the other way? Uh, I was 95. Okay. Uh, and I managed uh, to run. I was 97 when I finally had to quit and go get some healthy shoes taken care of. Yeah. I got it across five states. Now, I ran every step of the way. No walking. Ran every step of the way from the West Coast to the East Coast. On the way back, I did the same thing. I ran every step of the way through five states and in, well into Texas when I... Had to quit to go get some issues taken care of. Yeah. So I came to California, where I had could stay with my daughter and get to the hospital and get some treatment, and uh, picked up the virus. Mm. Spent twenty days in the hospital. Took away all my energy. I haven't did very much running since I've been walking, but I kept up my walking. I would walk three days a week there in Northern California where John would do a three, at least a three-mile walk on my route and said he was going to finish the run for me. And I kept that up until I finally just called him and said, I'm ready to get back on the highway. Come and get me. So, <laughs> so now I'm back here. <laughs> I mean, this, this right here is an amazing story because when you talk about the virus, you're talking about COVID, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So you started this... Uh, reverse cross-country trek, Georgia to San Diego in 2019. And that's something that people probably, if, as they were, li as they're listing, might have put two and two together, that that goes into 2020 and that. Right that, after the, my 97th birthday party. Yeah. Which was a big event. Yeah. And so you people were, came from all over the country to run with me. Yeah. And you're, you were, you're in your late nineties, you pick up COVID and for many that that's the end, but I, well, I lost my energy then. I can't. Yeah. I, that's why I'm walking instead of running. Now. Sure, but I would I would say that your <sighs> your fitness level probably played a role in your recovery, even though you're moving a little bit slower now. But the fact that you're still able to do this when many people would yeah. not be telling that story right now that you're still that you were not just able to recover but able to get back out on this incredible journey. Yeah. Yeah. So back on, when did you get back on the road? What year? How old were you? Well, I was, uh, 99. Okay. You know, when I, 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 I've lost track of the dates. Yeah. Uh, I mean, few, a few weeks, a month or so ago, he came and got me and, and, uh, what was the 13th, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, we got back on the road I got back with him. Uh, I tried to run, and I gave that up. Mm -hmm. uh, so I walked, and I couldn't make the whole distance. So the next run, we decided to use my walker. And we tried the walker, uh, and but even with the walker, I was not able to make his full distance. So uh, we always had somebody pick me up. Police and fire department, those guys there. Uh, all cooperate. I, I saw that even yesterday. I saw there was a big group walking, and the and the police were were supporting. Oh yeah, so, they they all want to get in on the action. Yeah, I mean that's a fun day for them, right? Yeah, like, this is exciting. <laughs> so so it sounds like to a degree some of the, some of the the trekking on this journey has been a little more symbolic, or if people have been stepping up and and doing the walking, yeah, for you uh, to kind of lift you up in this journey, right? Yeah. Cause not near as many as I had the first time on my first run across. I had them all sign waivers. 
Oh, yeah? And so I had one, well, about 1,300 or so waivers <laughs> as people that actually signed up. To, so I had a lot more than that run with me because some of them didn't sign waivers. Right, right. <laughs> but I have that many recorded. Yeah, and, and that I, way you know how many people. And now I was starting to meet all these, a lot of these people on the return back. And the kids that were in strollers the first time, now they're in college. That's amazing. <laughs> they've, been, they've been involved in this journey their whole lives. Yeah. That's so incredible. And all these kids, I, if they were 12 or under, I'd sign a little flag for them. Oh. And I know almost every one of them still have their flag. I mean, I would too. That's, that's, a, that's a core memory moment in yeah. your life. Uh, and that's why I'm, I'm so grateful that, that I heard about your story you know, uh, it was Eric, I believe, from our trail running group found out about you and he started sharing it with us and then uh, invited you out to our group, uh, which was just a couple weeks ago. So we're, we're at the tail end here. Yeah. Um, and I've and I've been following John, who's been keeping everybody updated on your your daily walks uh, or different times you're getting out in the community. And I've se- and it sounds like the groups are getting bigger and bigger again. Well, I think this is going to, tomorrow is going to be a big one. Tomorrow is going to be a big one. So I think it's going to be much bigger than John thinks. Yeah. So, so let's talk about tomorrow. So tomorrow you turn 100. I will turn 100. And tomorrow is the culmination of this second trek. You're right. And what is, what do you plan on doing? Well, uh, I'm going to go up to the start because uh, it's an 11 year old boy that played when we went to we went to a funeral for uh, for some veterans that had no family, and this little boy, eleven years old, he played the Star Spangled Banner and he played taps on his trumpet. I gave him a little flag, autographed it for him. So now he's going to be there at the start. He wants to play Star Spangled Banner at the start. That's amazing. And then. Uh, then John's going to run me back to the finish and drop me off, and then he go back to the start, and then everybody's going to start the walk. Because yeah, when I see them coming, I'm going down to the signal, which is just a, you know 100 yards or so, because so, I know I couldn't walk the whole distance. Yeah. So somebody will run me down with, with my walker, and I will lead the parade up, across the finish line and down into the ocean. And then we go back to the restaurant, to the sandbar for birthday party. All you can eat tacos, I hear, is on yeah, the menu. It's a, it's a $25 uh, endless taco endless, bar. I mean, what a party. <laughs> so, so to commemorate your 100th birthday, and this is what I've heard and I'm just confirming, uh, the final moment before the party is stepping into the ocean. Yeah, I would step into the ocean. Uh, I know the uh, uh, this guy Mike's got his. Uh, he's allowed to use. Uh, he's the only one allowed to use a. Uh, what do you call that thing that takes pictures up in the air? <laughs> oh, the drone. The, he's uh, yeah. John has a drone, but they won't allow him to use it there. Right, right. But this guy, he he's the one that has permission. He'll be there. I forget. He's within some TV company or something. Mm-hmm. He's going to be taking pictures. He knows how to get the permits. Yeah. yeah, and 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 we're anticipating hundreds of people with you. Yeah, I don't know how many. I know what I finish on the the first time. There was about three thousand, two between two and three thousand people. Oh wow, up. that's bigger than even I anticipate. So yeah, well, but is... you see, that's a small community. Where sure. 
Uh, an old man running was, was important. You know, <laughs> nothing ever happens. Uh, this is a big city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something going on all the time. So I don't expect any crowd like that. Yeah, but I, I hear but what I've been hearing. I think there's going to be a lot of people there tomorrow. Got, and I'm I, I just got a message today. Somebody, this gal, I met her in Glendale. She travels all over. She's from Norway. And she's, I just happened to be there at the time, so she ran with me. I don't know where what she's doing here. She's, I just got a message. She's flying in from New York to run with me. I mean, that's this is the momentum and the energy yeah. that you've created even on, on a grassroots level. But you've been doing this for many years. It's a big deal. You're turning 100. Uh, people want to. People who have who have been a part of your journey along the way want oh, to yeah. see this happen. Yeah, so. I've got a lot of family here right now. Yes, you do. And I got a lot of friends. They've been coming in from Louisiana the last two runs now. I got some here from Louisiana right now for tomorrow. One of them, one couple, they, he, he drove all the way. From Louisiana? He, he likes to drive. Oh, wow. And uh, they have run with either me or John or walked or run every state except Mississippi. That's incredible. I, I just love this story so much. That's why I, I'm like, I'm, I'm dusting off my recording gear and I'm bringing it to you because I, I know a lot of people have heard the story along the way, but more people need to hear your story. I think it's so important. You know, my friend, uh, Carlos Cano, he's a retired Marine. And I consider all Marines my best friend because I was Navy, Navy corpsman. Uh, he has run in every state with me except Mississippi. And he's trying to get here, but he's he broke his back. He even when he broke his back, he came and ran with it, with wow. a brace on his back. Look what you've inspired. But he's trying to get here, but he just fell again. And he said, if, if he can't get, he couldn't get somebody to come with, to help him drive his RV. He was going to try to fly. And the last I've heard, I I don't. I don't think he's going to make it. Yeah, yeah. But he'll be here in spirit. And I think a lot uh, of people who aren't here in person yeah. are definitely here in spirit, cheering you on, uh, yeah. lifting you up. So uh, we're going to wrap this up because I know you need to get some rest, sir, because uh, you got a big day tomorrow. But I always like to ask, and I'm, you know, when you interview people who have, who've lived as long as you, you've got stories to share, which is why I'm here, but hopefully advice to share as well, or, or insight or motivation or inspiration. Um, I want to know what kind of, what, if you have one piece of advice or inspiration to share with our audience, what would that be? Uh, get off the couch. Yeah. <laughs> get out there and get some exercise. Do what you like to do, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Do something, you know, run, walk, swim, whatever you like to do. Ride a bicycle, you know, do something. And, and I think and what I gathered from what you've shared is you don't have to think too hard about it, right? Right. You don't have to worry about, like, should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? If something sparks your interest, if you say, I feel like doing this, yeah. you're proving that it's never you're never too old. It's never too late to just decide to do it. Yeah, just get out and do it. And I and and that's something and this is something I've gathered from, you know, I've interviewed two other people in their 90s and I feel like I've heard very similar things from them where you just you kind of stop worrying about what people think, whether you should or shouldn't. Yeah. You just if you decide, you know, I've reached a point in my life where if I want to do something now is the time. You know, well, I had two brothers and as we we were kids, we were just always looking for adventure. 
And uh, I never get over that, you know. Yeah. If, if, if it looks like an adventure, I want to do it, you know. I love that. I love that. And and don't let fear get in the way. Yeah. Don't let hangups about what life is supposed to look like get in the way. I think when I when I heard that the Pearl Harbor had been bombed, went right straight to join the Navy, it probably wasn't as much out of uh, patriotism. It was a new adventure. <laughs> get in the action. <laughs> so this has always been your energy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's amazing. I think it's it's such a great inspiration. I think people half your age or a third of your age could use this spirit, this energy, uh, this this mindset and attitude about life. So I'm hoping that whoever is listening to this kind of walks away with with yeah. a little bit of what what you've given. Well, the one thing that has really made me feel good about this, what I've been doing, is that I have literally thousands of people coming on Facebook telling me that I have got them back to, to getting some exercise. You've changed lives. Yeah. You've absolutely changed lives. As an inspiration, you know. I mean, and that probably fuels you to keep going. Yeah. That's... and. When, when you have a mission like that, when you're driven by a mission like that, where you know you're, you're making an impact, and it sounds like from joining the Navy uh, back back when Pearl Harbor was bombed to yeah. where you're at right now, you've really been about how can I make a difference? Yeah. Oh, and I told you that I, I, I wear three hats. I thought you might like to take pictures. Of I me. will. Yeah. Once we're done, I'm going to take a picture with you and yeah. this microphone and your hats because I think that's, I, I want to share that. So you the three hats are... World War II, uh, LST-325, mm-hmm. Ship Memorial, and my headband for running. Yes! <laughs> yes! All equally important, right? Yeah. That's all a part of your identity. So before we wrap up, um, how can people find out about, I mean, your 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 journey, this, this particular journey ends tomorrow. I know you have more journeys ahead of you. Um, how, I, how can people find out about how to support uh, well, you can always go to Coast to Coast Runs, yeah, and that brings up uh, my website. Yeah, it's Coast Number Two Coast Runs. Yeah, C O A S T. Then the number two, then C O A S T R U N S. dot com. Yeah, that takes you to my website, and uh, you can and there's. You can go on PayPal. Yeah, you can make a donation. You can make a don. You can make a donation to the ship if you want. And I don't even know who makes those donations. What I was doing, they were showing as income. Mm. And then when I send the checks, I to to the ship memorial, I have to write it off on my taxes as a donation. Yeah. And so I said, that's not right. I'm getting the credit. It's the people that made the donations should right. be getting the credit. So I contacted them, and they set it up so that now, if you make a donation, I don't even know it. It goes right it to goes the right to them. organization. But if you want to sponsor me, there's a place there you can sponsor me. And if you sponsor me, then you can just do it with PayPal, and any amount you want. But if you if you sponsor me for twenty dollars or more. Add $25 for shipping and handling. I will gladly send you an autograph book or a shirt. That's great. And that helps support your expenses on your I journey. put it all down. The lawyer told me I don't have to report any of that. He says they're small gifts that are not reportable. Yeah. 
And I says, I report them anyhow. I, I report everything that if somebody just hands me a $100 bill on while I'm running, I put it down as income. Yeah. And I said, I'm glad to pay tax on it because now I can write off all my expenses. For, all, for this whole journey, right? <laughs> yeah, you right. know, you're running a business over here. I see what's happening. You know what's up. Ernie, I want to thank you so much, first of all, for taking the time with me. I know I've been following since I found out about your story that you've been very busy. You've had a lot going on. You've got family here. You've got a lot of support. This is the day before the ending. We really pushed it up to the to the end here. And I really appreciate you taking the time with me today. I really I, I'm so grateful that that you took the time to sit down with me, share your story with me. I want to thank you for your service in World War Two. And I want to. I just want to thank you for doing this, like to, to take it on this incredible feat, because not only are you doing something that you feel like doing and, and living your life in the best possible way for you, but I think you're changing lives around, along the way. And I think that's yeah. may not have been your original intention, but that is something that has been happening. And, and I think it's so important. So just uh, thank you for all of that. And thank you for being on the Seasoned Athlete Podcast. Love what you've been hearing on the Seasoned Athlete Podcast? Now you can proclaim your love proudly by rocking your own Seasoned Athlete apparel. We have everything from shirts, hoodies, and hats to home decor and accessories. I have even selected a handful of super fun Seasoned Athlete approved artist designs for you to choose from. Check out all the designs and grab your perfect item at seasonedathlete.me shop.